0: Welcome to another podcast in a series of podcasts where final year students at Fashion Business School, London College of Fashion, University Arts London, discuss their findings from completing their final major projects. All Fashion Business School students are required to complete a final major project in their final year, which can take two forms, either a detailed research into a fashion business topic of their choice, or the completion of an enterprise business plan. So let me just briefly introduce um, my guest today. I've got uh, Marlene Reschberger here, who's um, just graduated from the MSC Strategic Fashion Management, and Lauren Cunningham, who's also just graduated from the MSC uh, Strategic uh, Fashion Management from the uh, Fashion Business School. Um, I've invited you here today because both of your dissertations was about sustainable fashion with a particular focus on consumers and the role that consumers play in um, enabling a, a more sustainable fashion industry. So quite often when we talk about sustainable fashion, uh, much of the focus is on brands and the industry and what they can do to become more sustainable. But uh, obviously the consumer plays a vital role here as we will never have a sustainable fashion industry unless consumers, they are actually embracing it and are choosing uh, more sustainable consumption patterns. So uh, when we talk about this area about the consumers in relation to sustainable fashion. It's within an area that's called sustainable consumption. And sustainable consumption is about how we engage consumers to consume more sustainably. And this involves both buying less and buying better. Uh, And both of these two topics we'll we'll discuss today because uh, you've sort of touched upon Uh, both of the topics uh, in your dissertations. So um, companies and the fashion industry and everything that relates to the fashion industry, whether it's uh, um, the actual brands or it's uh, along the supply chain, or if it's media, they obviously play quite a big part in uh, in turning uh, the fashion industry into a more sustainable fashion industry they also play quite a big part in enabling and encouraging uh, sustainable consumer behavior. And One of the topics that both of you have uh, been touching upon is the role of communication and information uh, as a tool uh, that's available for the industry to enable uh, consumers to be more uh, sustainable. So that's what we're going to talk about today, and I think sort of upfront that one of the reasons that we're talking about it is obviously because a lot of uh, market research shows that consumers are really interested in sustainability, yet we're not really seeing it translating into actual behavior to an extent that we would like it to. So I want to kick off um, by having a discussion about that and the role of communication and how effective it is and what the problems is and greenwashing and skepticism and so on uh, by having a conversation uh, with both of you about your dissertation topics and and uh, what you discovered. So um, Lauren, starting with you, can you tell us a little bit about what your uh, dissertation was about?
1: Absolutely. So my dissertation was more into fashion media and their role within the consumer and sustainable consumer behavior. I think, as you said, consumers are saying they're interested. There's so much research now to say like 60% of under 25s will only shop green and things like that. But when you look at the stats, that's not what's happening. Um, they, They don't seem to be putting their words into actions. And I think we need to know why. Is it an ignorance? Is it a lack of information? Is it sort of a false sense that they care? We don't really know. And so I was interested in media's role because... I don't think it's an area that's really been looked at yet. And I think we're all so dependent on media in the world. Um, The current world, I I had a quote in my dissertation where it said media to us today is like water to fish. And I thought that was great because I know first thing I do in the morning is look through social media, look through websites, uh, BBC news, everything. Um, And I think it's interesting to see what they're saying about consumption, what they're saying about sustainability, and how we're learning in terms of both from an informational point, but from a cultural point of overconsumption. So we're constantly being fed this 16 dresses under 10 pounds, 10 yeah. new ways to wear this. And I think it's just ingrained in our everyday life to the point where it becomes a social norm. So we all believe that other people are buying this amount of stuff. And to a large extent, they are. So I think it comes down to, we may care, consumers may be interested in sustainability, but what do they view as sustainability? It's really interesting.
0: Yeah, it is. And I think uh, it's very interesting you're looking at the fashion media. Uh, In a way, they are the gatekeepers between brands and uh, consumers. So they decide what is being communicated to a high extent. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what did what did you discover uh, in your research so what did you set out to do and what was the main uh, findings
1: yeah so I set out to see if fashion media do have an impact on consumer behavior I think media um, research in general is really quite a difficult area because it's so ingrained in our everyday lives it's hard to know how much media influences us and how much society influences us. And it's a really great area. But I think from my findings, I found that I used Vogue as an example in when we did a questionnaire. And people saw it as an authoritative figure. People saw Vogue as something they could rely upon. They thought, yes, Vogue has everything about fashion. If you're looking for fashion, that is where you go. And those kinds of big brand media outlets that you trust to know about your fashion communication but I think what people don't realize is how much uh, Vogue and other media publications rely on advertising and that's the main revenue for them so it's very interesting when you see the dynamic between fashion media wanting to convey information and fashion media getting their funding through advertising so what are they showing us and telling us And how much of it is true? How much of it is maybe biased? How much of it is actually just paid for? I think that's where the grey area comes in. And I don't think consumers are that aware that that is going on. No, Um, It's a very interesting business model. And it's one that I don't know how we will get away from it. Because obviously there's a lot of money involved. Um, But it becomes dangerous i think when people are looking to these media outlets as reliable sources of information rather than elegant pr pieces
0: yeah well the question is then whether brands are better at communicating themselves and are more reliable and that's uh, one of the things melina that uh, you have been exploring can you tell us uh, a little bit about the topic of your dissertation
2: yeah exactly i mean it's so interesting hearing about Lauren's um, dissertation here um, because there's similar issues that um, are at stake here, it's about can you actually trust the information that is being shared with you, what are the motives behind it and um, is it an authentic message Um, because that's what it comes down to, Um, is it actually, so authenticity is about, is it is what you communicate actually who you are or just what you want to portray portray yourself as yeah. so i was looking at it from a um, brand perspective so the brand communication um to consumers sustainability communication and can consumers how do consumers decide which um, communication is trustworthy and which one isn't um yeah. so I was looking at it from um, both, from two, two angles sort of. So from a communication source, so who is communicating and I was looking at luxury and fast fashion brands and from a message perspective. So how is the communication shared? What kind of elements do you have to have in your communication to be perceived as trustworthy? Yeah. Um, and what I kind of, Found as well was um, that, well, uh, it was quite interesting because a lot of brands fear that backlash and that skepticism from consumers. But um, I found that if you don't have CSR communication at all, if you don't communicate what you're doing, um, that's not good. So, you know, if it's just a question of do you communicate or do you not communicate. I found a clear rationale for communication because yeah. consumers uh, trust will trust you more. But yeah. um, if you communicate, if you share what you're doing, um, I do think it comes back down to, um, well, consumers start to be more skeptical and it, 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 the, the trust you can gain from um, communicating more and more um, and sharing more and more on what you're doing is sort of limited. Um, so, yeah, I think brands will need to do more, um, will be need to be especially more transparent, more consistent uh, in their communication to be able to be reliable sources of um, of um, sustainability information for consumers. And I think that will help them a lot to, um, yeah, to talk to consumers, look, this is what we're doing and we are actually sincerely engaged in this matter. Um, please trust us what we're doing and um, help us get, you know, drive, drive this industry forwards.
0: Yeah. So it's really interesting here because we've got a lot of uh, challenges or um, barriers for consumers. So on one hand, um, we don't know who to trust. So should we trust the media? Should we trust the brands? On the other hand, we've got brands who don't know whether to talk about it or not talk about it. And I suspect, Lauren, that it might also be the same for uh, fashion media. On one hand, they actually wanna talk about sustainability and what's the most sustainable choice for consumers. On the other hand, they're caught up in a structure in terms of advertising, uh, where they fear the repercussions of going against the advertisers. Brands, Mm -hmm. they fear being uh, accused of greenwashing if they talk about it. On the other hand, they also need to talk about sustainability in order to gain the trust from consumers. Mm. But at the heart of everything, I think the big challenge we have here is that as consumers, we have no idea who we can trust. Mm. And we don't know where to go for information in order to inform ourselves about uh, What's the most uh, sustainable uh, choice that we can make? So that's really um, it's it's really quite of a challenging situation being a consumer in a, in this uh, field. So, to, so to, to talking a little bit more about what you discovered, um, Marlene, what did what did you uh, what's the key findings from your research, and what kind of recommendations did it lead to?
2: Um, yeah. So in terms of key findings, as I said, um, it, it's better for brands to talk about their CSR than not to talk about it at all. Yeah. Um, but if they talk about it, um, it, they need to they need to do well. So they need to um, once you know that kind of groundwork is laid, they need to um, go above and beyond now to 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 be more trust for for consumers. Um, and so as I said, I looked at a couple of communication elements. Um, particularly is your communication informative? Is it personally relevant to to consumers? Um, is it transparent and consistent? And are you sharing it like in a promotional tone or are you sharing factual information? And I think looking especially at um the different types of brands i was looking at so luxury brands and fast fashion brands uh, i found that overall it's it's mainly about consistency right now you have to be consistent in your messages you have to consistently put yourself out there and share what you're doing um and that will help you gain a lot of trust and the other thing is um, transparency was um in my research very uh, brands were not perceived as transparent at all so i do think this is another area that brands will just need to step up their game share what they're doing in the supply chain and that's not just including positive messages i do think consumers are ready to see okay we failed in this area but we're trying to do better we're trying to do more and this is where we're at right now and this is what we want to do and that i think is key for gaining trust going forward
0: yeah, that's really interesting. I definitely think we are in a in a time where honesty and transparency is key. Uh, mm-hmm. Consumers will rather hear that you've not quite made it or you failed in the actions you took, and you will do better, rather than a polished message about what's what we're doing uh, that's not really aligned with the realities. Okay. So you just uh, mentioned, just quickly want to touch upon this um comparison you did between uh, high street brands and luxury. So what did you discover in terms of the differences and similarities? Is it a case where consumers, they only trust luxury, or is that not the case?
2: It was um, very interesting to see because what I expected overall um, was for consumers to trust luxury brands more than they would um, fast fashion brands because luxury brands are based on this um, image of high quality um, rarity of materials you know everything craftsmanship uh, attention to detail so I do think that kind of in consumers minds is okay this is sustainable Mm -hmm. Um, various fast fashion brands obviously you have those high um, uh, quantities of of materials uh sort of designer knockoffs, what it is, and um, just being, um, it's all about how much you sell. Um, So that was what I kind of assumed going into my research. However, what I found was actually that um, the fast fashion brands were um, more trusted in what they shared about their CSR, Um, and that might have been because of the brands I used. So I looked at H&M and Gucci, um so i do think h&m has been um you know gained a lot of brand awareness about their csr you know that's kind of something they're known for these days um but also some other market research so the same thing that um fast fashion brands are actually um you know maybe it is because they are perceived as more authentic they're more ready to say when they've done something wrong whereas luxury brands are more um all about having that polished image as you said
0: yeah, yeah. right and very secretive in a way i guess yeah. we yeah. can perceive them as lauren thank you melina lauren what what did you uh, what what was the key findings from uh, your research and and what type of recommendations did it lead to
1: so my research mainly focused on overconsumption, so that sort of area of sustainability where We're rapidly consuming, we're sending things to landfill, we're producing crazy amounts of greenhouse gas and all the horrible things that come with overconsumption. Um, And it focused on that being the social norm. So very much in this culture we live in, in this side of the world, everyone seems to think that everyone's buying more than they are. So we're fine because your next door neighbour probably bought two lots of what you bought and you have this strange mindset and everyone's thinking it. And is it real? We don't know. But that's the message we're being fed, is that you're, that's fine. Every, yeah, go and buy that top in every color. It's super cheap. Um, Great. Happy days. And I think that's the danger that we're getting into. And when it comes to fashion media, they are pushing this message with the, we've all seen them sort of every day, 16, just under 10 pounds. And Marlene, it's interesting that you mentioned H&M because only yesterday, I saw three different media outlets, all with similar titles of "20 new dresses from H&M." So I obviously don't know if they've paid for that, or if they've got some sort of monetary agreement, or if it was just a coincidence. And everyone loves H&M yesterday. But interesting that the brand may be pushing sustainable messaging in terms of fibers and things like that, but is still pumping their product through um, because really even if it is made from sustainable fibres, if we all buy 10 of them, how sustainable is that really in terms of resources and shipping and everything like that? It it is quite a confusing concept that it doesn't really follow through, you know? Um, But my key findings were quite interesting in that people didn't report that they were dependent on fashion media really at all. They said it's there, but they don't really look at it. Hmm. Um, but they did report that they felt the need to overconsume because that's what we do. Um yeah. and then I think that's the interesting point about media research. You can't really ever find out how much media is influencing them. We can just presume from the numbers and the sale rates and the readership rates that someone out there is reading it. It's quite a lot of people. Even if you don't realize that as you're scrolling through Instagram, you're seeing all of these things, It sort of becomes so accustomed to us that I don't think we're even noticing it anymore. And do you it's think, quite Lauren, worrying. Uh,
0: so, Lauren, do you think that fashion media plays a role in encouraging overconsumption?
1: Absolutely. I think they massively do. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, maybe that is their role. Made that's the role in, in historically that they've taken and promoting products and telling you what to wear and and how to wear it. Mm. Um, but I think it's time for that role to change. Yeah, and what they, they do need to be better. So part of my um, discussion and my recommendations was that I think we need to just open up the conversation about sustainability more. People are looking to media as an informational source, and they need to be that informational source. So. Um, Condé Nast have their sustainability glossary and that's a a great start but I think unless you know it's there you might not find it so the everyday consumer maybe just needs like a constant reminder of this is what we mean when we talk about sustainability this is green fashion this is eco fashion this is sustainable fashion you know there's so many different definitions out there it's quite hard to get your head around Mm. and I think fashion media need to step up and be the informational source yeah, can they do that while also promoting this level of consumption? Probably not. I don't think they need to stop their relationships with advertisers. You know, you could advertise the latest Gucci bag, for example, but instead of putting a whole new outfit with it, how can we put it with our current wardrobes? Yeah, I think those are the conversations that need to be started. Sort of rewear how you can rewear your, I don't know, purple dress four different ways or things like that. So we can slow the pace. You can still take money from advertisers, but we do it in a more considered way Mm. and a more realistic way for consumers as well.
0: Yeah. So I think that what we can agree on from the research you've done and you've both done really quite rigorous research here that's so interesting is that um, in this challenge of making consumers more behave more sustainably, uh, not just uh, have a sustainable attitude, but actually also have sustainable behavior mm-hmm. and behavioral patterns. We need more information and it's all stakeholders. It's everyone in the fashion industry who needs to play a part in that. So we need more information. We, meet, we need concise uh, information. So it has to be honest communication and it has to be uh, transparency first so the big question is do we think that more information that's transparent and honest will actually change the way consumers they behave marlene do you want to go first yeah i think um
2: that's a start i am i think consumer behavior um, there's a lot that goes into it um it comes down to individual person as well uh, you know, it's about changing habits, um, as I said, and the social norms, as Lauren said as well, um, about the whole um, idea of consumption. Um, but I think promoting, um, you know, if, if, if brands try to do better and try to change their actions and their behaviors, I do think that sends a, a signal to consumers to say like, OK, we're trying to change. We, we want you to try and change as well. And, um if that's gonna be enough I don't know but I think it's a strong start and um yeah I I mean consumption there's so much going into it but I think that's uh that's where we should start and 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 just yeah just try and do better and be honest about it um will help everyone learn and grow in their own personal lives and in relation to sustainable consumption
0: yeah I think that's a really good point, Melina, is that brands, they must see themselves as proactive and leading the way uh, under the assumption that at one point consumers, they're actually going to demand that all brands are sustainable. And I think it will happen at one point. Um, so adjusting to that situation now by being proactive and leading the way and, and basically setting setting a precedence for what we can expect in terms of sustainability is uh, is uh, the way forward. Lauren, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I completely, I completely agree with Marlene. I think also when we think about plastic water bottles, 10 years ago, for someone to carry around their own reusable plastic water bottle, they would have probably looked a bit strange. But today it's the other way around. If you see someone with a plastic water bottle, you're a bit like, oh, Hmm. You know, I think that happened really rapidly. That changed in in my mind. Um, Yeah. So I don't see why the mindset towards fashion can't change in the same way. Yeah. I think we're getting there. It's just going to be more of a proper um, cultural shift more than anything. I don't know what will kickstart it, but hopefully we're heading in the right direction, and it will pick up some momentum very soon. I hope.
0: Yeah. I think that's a really good point. It is a cultural shift that we're waiting for. I, I hope we're seeing it as well and seeing more awareness of the effect of our behavior and on you know, the planet, but also on communities, on people who are um, affected by the way that we uh, behave in terms of our consumption patterns. Um, the water bottle is interesting it's a good example isn't it as is for instance plastic bags so now Mm -hmm. we are looking at it in the UK context other countries like Denmark they've had um, a fee attached to plastic bags for a very long time they've also had a deposit scheme for plastic bottles where you pay a deposit when you're Um, purchase uh, something in a plastic bottle, but you can get that deposit back. Mm -hmm. And these um, more structural regulations that are put in place, are obviously having quite dramatic impact on consumer behavior, would you be able to see any structural regulations be put in place for the fashion industry that could shift uh, the current uh, consumption patterns?
1: Um, I think so sorry Marlene go first it's
0: okay. um I definitely
1: think so I think if people were more aware of what happened behind the label of their clothes mm-hmm. they would definitely think twice I think there was um I can't remember off the top of my head but there was a a, a brand that has a clothing label and it says something like 40 wow. liters of water 13 hours of man work 22 miles traveled or whatever and I thought that was really interesting. And if you started putting that and actually putting it in front of people or it became a requirement even, yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to make people look think twice because I think it's sort of people might go and buy a two pound t-shirt. And if you think logically, there's no way a t-shirt can be made for two pounds and everyone be paid properly and equally and it be safe and fine and great. It's impossible. Mm. So I think once people start to realize that, that might be when when it starts changing. Whether it needs a sort of regulatory kick to, to start that from happening, um, I would imagine so. But it's a bit um, of a dodgy grey area.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I. That's an interesting point. Lauren. I think that if you can see what's gone into the product, so how much water has been used, how many chemicals, what yeah. type of impact, and have it in a in a way that's easy to understand absolutely that that will be interesting to see i would say though we have to be very mindful that uh, the price of a product is not necessarily dictating how sustainable it has been so you can have a very expensive piece of product who's not at all more sustainable than a, a affordable um product. So that's also where it's really difficult to navigate for consumers because if we equate price and sustainability, um, we might be in for a very unpleasant surprise when we discover that there's actually not necessarily a relation there. Melina? Um, Yes,
2: I I agree. Um, Definitely on that point that sustainable fashion doesn't have to be more expensive or I mean obviously a two pound t-shirt I totally agree probably yeah. isn't that great um but uh, a lot of the materials are produced in the same sort of um, factories and all of that but I think um coming back to uh, the governmental, like sort of re- regulatory um, um of that I think it's absolutely key uh I think we need so much more regulation in the fashion industry um to help make that shift and yeah as you said it's um implementing these little uh sort of nudges for consumers to guide them into the right direction is, is super effective like we just have to look at the, the plastic bag chart uh, fee. you know it's 5p or 15p or i don't know how much but it's made such a big impact so if we have um something similar for um unsustainable um, materials Uh, but now we've got to also look at what is unsustainable I think that's where it starts having a clear um, understanding of what that means um, from a regulatory perspective and then um, we can decide okay this is not sustainable therefore we do xyz about it we tell consumers about it maybe have clear labeling etc that will make a huge um, uh, influence that will have a huge on on the industry and consumer behavior. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think it's really interesting what you say, Emeline, is that one of the big challenges we have in terms of regulations is that we can't agree on what sustainability means. So we don't agree on the parameters of what makes a sustainable product. It's quite difficult to regulate, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But let's hope that someone will will, uh, make a decision on that, on a... a, uh, sort of higher level, more of a macro level, and perhaps it's going to be the European Union, I suspect that would be able to um, set such regulations and are, are focused on that, on our policy frameworks. Um, I just want to round off with a question about regulations and communication, because we've talked about communication. We've talked about how consumers, they must be quite vigilant what they believe uh, in terms of what's being said, which leads to quite a lot of skepticism should we regulate the communication about sustainability? Is that a way forward?
2: I think so. I mean, having, to a certain extent, um, you know, um, on Instagram, having introduced influencers if they've been sponsored to do a post, I think has um, let consumers to realise more um, when something is more promotional rather than actual... Information so we can have something similar for brands, and in, in a set like some certification for the or like some regulation that everything they share has to be accurate. Um, it would be good, but I think, yeah, it, there would be a lot of challenges in implementing it as well. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's maybe something to look into going forward. I think for now, it should be, um less about the communication to start with and more about the actual actions. And then once that's um, that's done, then communication share um, is, is gonna be the next step, I think, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, so perhaps the way forward is more evidence-based communication.
2: Mm. I think so.
0: Lauren, what's your point on that? Communication and a watchdog keeping keeping an eye on what's being (laughs) communicated from brands and media
1: I definitely think it would be a good idea I think greenwashing is a really huge issue which is confusing consumers as well so I think it would be great to have sort of a a watchdog a governmental body or something that is really clamping down on this but as Marlene said communication is one thing but are you actually doing the actions, and are you doing it from a good place or for or for marketing? I think yeah. it's really it's really two different things from brands that care and yeah. are trying to make a difference, and brands that want to just stick a green font on everything and think happy days like great, we're done, yeah. we've done our marketing campaign, we're on trend. Um, yeah. So I think just the whole regulatory body would be great, yeah. um, but obviously we saw. Stella McCartney was at the G7 summit so hopefully something is going to come from that I'm hoping
0: (laughs) so be authentic take actions be transparent and honest and help and encourage consumers in being more sustainable is that their yeah. recommendations. <laughs> I think that authentic, authenticity uh, component uh, is quite uh, interesting and quite something we're seeing more, much more from younger generations like yourself that that's what you require from grants, authenticity and honesty and transparency.
2: Absolutely. I think that's absolutely key. Yeah,
1: Yeah. yeah. And the fact that we don't all need this much stuff Really? True.
0: True. And this is where the consumer really plays quite a vital role that the consumer must make that choice. We, and yeah. I talk about it as if it's a third party, it isn't because we are all consumers. We must make an active choice and think about how much we consume. So buy less and buy better.